How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Hi, and welcome to Options Action, everybody. We have got a very important show lined up for you tonight following an incredible, historic, and wild week on Wall Street. Here's what's on deck. This week has witnessed a market sell-off of historic proportions, without precedent in its swiftness and wholly indiscriminate. Some investors see continued pain ahead. Others see opportunity. Whichever you may see, tonight will help you know your options. A special options action starts right now. Yeah, and that is where we begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here with us on Options Action. Obviously, escalating coronavirus fears ripping through the markets all this week. 96% of the S&P 500 now in correction territory or worse, meaning down more than 10% from its highs. All three major indexes handing in their worst week since the financial crisis in 2008. The Dow shed at around 3,600 points, more than 10%. All sectors of the S&P 500 down more than 10% from their 52-week highs. But it was energy and financials, the largest victims of the sell-off, both sectors down more than 13 percent in the past week. So if you are wondering how to protect your portfolio and who isn't amid this market madness, our team of options traders are here to break it down for you. With us for the next half hour, Cornerstone Macros, Carter Worth, Options Plays, Tony Zhang, and of course, Mike Cove, Optimize Advisors. Okay, we know this was an historic week for stocks and bonds, but it was, Mike, in any way was it? historic for the options market. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that's going to be a historic move for equities is going to be a historic move for options on those same equities. And this certainly was one of those cases. Look, we had the VIX get almost up to 50 by the, uh, you know, at some point today. So that obviously is a very unusual set of circumstances. You know, in a situation like this, you have to ask yourself a couple of things. Number one, is it overdone? Uh, number two, is there any fundamental rationale for what we're seeing? You know, when we go into investment committee meetings, one of the things we're always asked to do, make a bull case, make a bear case. What's your case? So let's start with what the bear case is. Obviously, a lot of the coronavirus news, we already know that. There's another thing that we have, which is if the market was reasonably priced before, does that mean it's cheap now? And the answer to that we actually got from a couple of banks throughout the course of the week. Several banks were lowering their growth estimates for earnings in the S&P as a group of stocks uh, to zero. So let's think about that for a second. If we were originally forecasting $173 in earnings for the S&P and now we're looking at $150, the S&P peaked out at about $33.90. You you put the same turn on $151 of earnings. Where does that get you? $29.56. Where do we close today? Right around $29.50. So what that tells you is that if that new earnings estimate is correct, we're actually valued in exactly the same place. It was a question Guy was asking before. Winners and losers. You have said this a couple of times, actually, over the last couple of weeks. Energy space is a very risky place to be. And we saw a lot of, basically, indications in the options markets that, of how risky that is. We saw bearish put spreads put on in West Texas Intermediate in good size. We saw big spread trades, betting that the price of West Texas Intermediate relative to Brent was going to widen. It's minus 5, 6, going to minus 10 or more. That's disastrous, obviously, for E&P companies. And it shouldn't be a big surprise. That creates a credit problem. Financials might follow. But I do also believe that some stocks actually are overdone. 
when the VIX starts approaching 50, yeah. when you start seeing RSIs getting down to where they are, when you see these big volumes, and then you see a sudden bounce back, what that suggests to me is that maybe, at least in the near term, it might be slightly overdone. Well, the, the 1950 is interesting because it is exactly the 50% retracement is where the support is. But I think when this is all written in the history books, it will not be missed that as more and more people got bullish and we went higher and higher, the transportation area was never confirming, the BKX index was never confirming, energy was never confirming, materials were never confirming. We had great divergence. In fact, the Nasdaq 100 was trading higher above its 150 moves every time in 18 years. The Ford P in the S&P at an 18-year high, and no one cared. Do you believe it was then a semi-false rally that that had to had had to correct I, at I, some I, point in coronavirus? Is, 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 is the, the black swan. Was the, was, the, was the spark, was the that's fuse. Right. That's right. I think there's a lot. And also, think about it. The, the bond market and the fact that we've been led by utilities and all of those things have been signaling this for so long, and yet the equity party continued. And what's so really negative about uh, this week is that they finally started to sell utilities, and they sold gold, and silver got smoked. That's when it's getting aggressive. Yeah, we've been talking about the disconnect between rates and equities for quite some time now. And the coronavirus is really what's, caught, what's driven this, this um, pullback here. And from my perspective, the fact that VIX almost hit 50 today but closed at around 40 is certainly encouraging for this sell-off. And this was the first day where we didn't see some weakness going into the close. And if we look at the coronavirus cases, you know, there's something that I've been tracking very closely, is that a lot of the fear this week is due to the acceleration in cases outside of the U.S. But in the context of the big picture, you only have about 5,000 cases in the, in, the broad, in the grand scheme of China. You have 80,000 confirmed cases. So I, I think really things are a little over. cases, even though obviously a great Correct. number of It's about behavior associated with exactly. uh, the day-to-day goings-on that can change. Yeah, yeah. and that's what we, we talked about in, the, in, the, in Fast Money with the airlines and everything else. All right, so obviously if you're wondering how to navigate this market meltdown using options, Mike Coe is going to give you a little portfolio protection as he saunters over to the plasma. Mike? Yeah, so, I mean, most of us are, in the long term, we're investors. And when we're trading options, we're doing it against a long equity portfolio. So what do we just talk about? One of the things we just mentioned is that although we've had a significant pullback, the market isn't particularly cheap. But let's keep our eye on the long-term prize, which is that we're going to be long-term equity investors. Uh, As we also pointed out, if you're just going to go out and start selectively stock picking right now, be aware that some names, like energy names, if oil is falling, might actually, on a valuation basis, be more expensive now than they were a week or two ago. But some names are actually considerably cheaper. Names like Microsoft, like that, spring to mind. The other thing is that options premiums are certainly elevated, but we can see that in a market environment like this, they might be justified. Now, here's the thing. If you want to hang on to your stocks or if you have cash that you're ready to deploy to possibly purchase more, you may want to put some hedges on. We do have to acknowledge two things. Because options premiums are elevated, they're more expensive, we're going to look for ways to spread that. There's something else, too, because we've already seen such a sharp pullback. Carter was talking about on Fast Money the largest magnitude moves that we've seen. You have to consider how much further it could go from here in the near term. This is one of the reasons why I think we should just be taking a look at using a put spread against your long equity portfolio. I was looking at SPY out to April, the 280 260 put spread, you could spend $5 for that. Many times on this show, we try to look for situations where you're getting a decent payoff. The payoff in this case would be three to one. And you're not spending a considerable amount relative to the notional value of S&P. This is a way you can 
mute some of the downside risk after we've already had a downside move without spending too much, and give yourself the latitude to selectively deploy more capital if you're going to begin to play for a bounce next week. All right, Mike, why don't you come on back to the desk? So, Carter, uh, do you like to trade? If you, if you don't, tell us why. If you do, how much? And also talk about some of the technicals, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I mean, I, and we tried to address that to some extent uh, in, in fast. This is, this is a moment for everyone. Let's just say that. There's every case to be made. We, we, clients, I mean, lots of people say, listen, this is such a bullish thing to get a reset like this, to have a basic huge relief with crude that goes right to the consumer's pocket, that the Fed will accommodate. You could get a V-type recovery. At the exact same time, there's every reason to make the case that the damage done is so substantial that it often is the beginning, and we'll look back and think, what a peak it was. How could, how could so many of people have been so naive? One of the things we think about when we're looking at equity prices is, you know, we get some kind of a dislocation. Oftentimes, it's a fundamental factor. Big earnings disappointments might hit a stock, for example, or even the market more uh, overall. Here we have a situation where we've got a lot of unknowns, right? So more shoes could drop next week or nothing could happen. No news definitely will be good news if we have no news next week. If we go two weeks and we have no additional news, no additional coronavirus cases, we don't have more quarantines and things like that, that obviously is going to begin to give people some sense of ease. But, of course, some damage is being done. You can't put people into hotel rooms that remained empty. Planes that didn't go filled can't subsequently be filled. That, that, that's lost and gone. Discretionary spending, lost and gone. Deferred purchases... PCs and hardware and things You're like that. You're going to buy them anyway. That could happen. Yeah. And you might just get a, a, a surge once, you the, you once the supply is available. We should trade. could, Tony, right? <laughs> so Mike's trade makes a, lot of, Mike makes, makes a lot of sense, right? Because right now the, skew, the risk, I think, still is skewed to the downside. Like you said, things can happen. I, I think the number of cases worldwide are still going to continue to climb, and that's going to put fear back in, in, in investors. So the fact that you're using a put spread here, I think, is the only way to really play a hedge here. And I will say the only thing about this particular trade is that if things do improve, the premiums on this put spread are going to evaporate very quickly. So it's important that you cut your losses very quickly on this particular put spread. Uh, you're paying about $5 for this put spread. So I would say that if, if this put spread goes down, goes down to about $2.50, 2 it's time to get out. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, you're doing this against a long equity portfolio, though. So you might be willing to pay that premium just so that you can maintain your positions. And in the interest of disclosure, you know, I had some put spreads on in the S&P this week. I sold some Monday. I sold some Tuesday. I sold some Wednesday. I sold the balance of them yesterday morning. So I'm actually paring back on some of those hedges yeah. so, at this and, point. And, and tonight I think it's important to sort of just speak plainly because we probably have a lot of viewers that may not be regular viewers to Options Action just because, by the way, every major news organization is leading with the markets and the virus. So what you just said is your trade is basically a way for people to buy a little downside protection but not sell any of the stocks that they may own. Correct. That's the, po- that's the whole point. Correct. That's where you exactly might have right. tax hits or you've just trading, whatever that, it is. That kind of reactionary trading is never good for long-term investing. If you decide every single time you see a, a 12 to 15% drawdown that now is the time to sell, I can tell you that's going to damage your performance over time very badly indeed. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, it wasn't just stocks that took a hit this week. If you haven't been paying attention, you've got to see the yield on the 10-year Treasury note hitting a new low. I don't mean a new year-long low. I mean a new all-time low, like going back 150 years type low. As people sold stocks, they flooded into the bond market, which they've been doing even before the sell-off. The market now may be looking to the Federal Reserve for answers or help. Tony Zhang is taking a glimpse 
at what might be coming next. Truly an incredible move for that yield in the 10-year, Tony. Yeah, so I want to take a shift our attention here to the Treasuries because we've seen some pretty incredible moves over the last few days, and I think that we can utilize options here to play this. So first, what I want to take a look at is the chart. So let's zoom out and take a look at a 10-year chart here on Treasuries. What we've seen is that this stock, uh, TLT has moved about 40% from the December 2018 lows. And this has happened consistently a couple of times over the last decade. Every time that's happened, we've seen either a consolidation or a pullback after that 40% move. And if we zoom in a little, looking at a one-year chart, this the TLT is up about 15% year to date, and it's ex- and it's currently reading fairly overbought if you look at momentum indicators such as RSI. And couple that with the fact that we see some negative divergence implies that a, there's a relatively higher probability of a pullback or at least a consolidation here in TLT. So I really like the setup because the long-term and short-term charts line up really well. And what's really interesting here is that if we look at the futures, the probability currently of the March of a single rate cut in March increased from 11% to 70% in the, in, the, in the last week. And if we look at the April uh, cut for two, two rate cuts, we're looking at a, a jump from 3% to 63%. I think that's a pretty incredible shift in probabilities for a rate cut, considering the fact that we've only seen about 5,000 new cases in the coronavirus, even though this is globally now uh, over the last couple of weeks. So the way that I want to play this is I don't necessarily want to bet against uh, a rate cut here. What I'm looking to do is I'm actually looking to bet that TLT is not going to continue moving higher. So I'm going to use a call credit spread here to trade TLT by going out to the April 9th expiration. I'm selling the 155 and a half 160 call spread. I'm collecting about $3.98 to sell the 155 calls and paying about 228 to buy the yep. 160 calls. My Break-even price on this particular stock is around 157.20, betting that TLT won't go much higher than that. And I'm using a call spread here to define my risk because a lot can happen here, and I just want to make sure that I reduce my risk to just $2.80 per share on this particular trade. All right, Tony, thank you very much. We've got news breaking right now in United Airlines. Phil? Brian, United Airlines is postponing its analyst-slash-investor day, which was scheduled for next week here in Chicago. United saying the uncertainty due to the coronavirus the impact that it's having on bookings, both near term and intermediate, let's say out over the next couple of months, has the company saying, you know, we really can't give guidance. We've already pulled guidance for 2020. Why are we holding an analyst day? So they're postponing it, likely going to happen in the summer, maybe early fall. But that's another indication that for the airlines, they just don't have a whole lot of clarity right now in terms of the overall impact of the coronavirus. But, but to be clear, they're, they're not not holding it because they're afraid of maybe people getting infected. It sounds like they're just saying, no, 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 we no, don't no, have no. any guidance, it's, it's, it's and therefore we've nothing to say anyway. Correct. Correct. And remember, they pulled their guidance this week. So you know, they've already pulled their guidance. What are they going to tell analysts? Yeah. They don't have a whole lot of answers here in terms of bookings. So it's, it's a smarter move just to postpone it. All right. Phil LeBeau there, uh, maybe the first of many we're going to find out. Phil, thank you very much. All right. Speaking of airlines, coming up, we're going to talk travel stocks, some of them actually in the green today. Hard to believe with this kind of a day and week. We're going to break down what might be behind that move there. Plus, you've got questions. We have got options. Send them over to our Twitter handle at OptionsAction. We will answer them a bit later on in the show, as always, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. We're back after this.
How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. And welcome back to Options Action. Obviously, coronavirus fears rocking the markets all week long. The three major indexes closing out their worst week since the financial crisis are now sitting in on correction territory, more than 10 percent below their highs. This week's sell-off also wiping nearly $4 trillion in market cap out of the markets. But as bad as things were, there were actually a couple of bright spots today. A number of travel stocks actually staying afloat amid the market meltdown. What gives? Let's find out. Carter Worth over at the Plasma to talk about some of the technicals in these moves. Carter. Interestingly, on the week, uh, things that were very strong uh, closed well today, semis, uh, software, and then the things that are the worst. I mean, this is the, this is the ground zero. Uh, boats, literally boats where people are stuck on with a flu. So this is the third worst calendar week of all time for this particular sub-industry group, hotels, resorts, and cruise ships. You see the statistics here. Let's keep moving. And what we know, look at the chart. It is a, literally a perfect double top. And add the next screen. It is a perfect double bottom. We have literally gone right back to where we were. This event over the past two years, this was a 30% decline, 31. This was 30. And we found that low. So literally right into a range. And I think we're going to get, and they were green today, as you just saw there, uh, reactionary bounce. Now, take RCL down almost 50%, um, plunging through the bottom of its thing. My thought here is that we will come back to the underbelly of the break. And that is a nice 7, 8, 9, 10% move. RCL for a bounce, having dropped basically 50% in a month. Yeah, uh, absolutely brutal chart. My, come on back to the desk, Carter. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of the trade? What, what's the best trade around RCL? This is the second time, based on this news, that we have tried to play for a bounce in one of the cruises. Norwegian was the first. For those who are watching at the time, we risked 65 cents a share to make that bullish bet. The idea here, when you're trying to catch the falling knife, if you think you're going to get a V bottom, is to risk a relatively small amount. It is harder to do that now because options premiums are elevated. So we need to use a spread that's a little bit more complicated, but it isn't really all that tough. What we're doing is we're looking out to April. I was looking at the April 85, 95, 100 call butterfly. What I'm doing is I'm buying one of the 85 calls, selling two of the 95 calls, and then buying one of the 100s. The idea here is that by selling a couple of those options, I'm basically selling some of that elevated premium. The idea here is that it runs up to that 95 strike or thereabouts. We're risking about $2.15 to do that on an $80 stock. So if the stock continued to fall, um, you know, we're risking a relatively small amount of the current price. Because the premiums are elevated, we're trying to sell a little extra premium. And because this fly is asymmetric, unlike conventional butterflies that have a specific point where they make money, this will make money even if it goes through that 100 strike price. So this is a way that you can you know, basically try to make this play 
um, with a little bit of a good payoff if it lands right where you're targeting on April expiration. Maybe we don't think that's the highest probability, but you have an opportunity to make a couple times your money. Yeah, I just go back to what was said earlier. It's, it's not random that of the 158 sub-industry groups in the S&P, the top four performers were things that were historically bombed out. Number one was cruise ships, hotels, and number two was oil and gas E&P, meaning people went after the most bombed out things and they closed up well. And the exact opposite, the next two, system software and semis, meaning favoring relative strength or favoring so bad it's good catch the falling knife. Not random. Yeah, and some of the balance sheets of these businesses, energy and also some of these travel-related stocks might have a little bit of leverage on them. So going out and buying the equity could be a risky thing to do. Spending a little bit of money on an options trade, though, isn't quite as risky. So I love this creative way to play a bounce here, risking only about 2.5% to use a broken wing butterfly here. The only question that I have here is, are consumers going to be comfortable enough to get back on a cruise ship, no. right? No. And because out of, out of the travel stocks that have been hit the most between hotels, airlines, cruise ships, I actually think that I, th- I think the playing the bounce using a, uh, using a butterfly is a great trade. I just think that I would prioritize hotels and perhaps even airlines before I, I would play sure, the cruise ships. Sure, it's really a theme, right? And you notice right. that things like Expedia and Booking were up as well. But the issue is having dropped 50%, let's say they don't have earnings for a year. We talked about this earlier, maybe two. A lot is priced in and tactical bounce. All right, good stuff there on a, on a hotly debated name and sector. For more on this week's historic sell-off, be sure to stay tuned for CNBC's special commercial-free coverage. Our market's in turmoil tonight, and kudos to that team. They've been working their you-know-what's-off all week long. All right, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Up next, you've got questions, and we have got answers and options. Your traders standing by to answer what you want to know at home about protecting your portfolio in these pretty insane times. This week has been bonkers. We're back after this. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Quick final call, Carter. Hotel, resort, cruise ships for balance, play RCL. Mike. Take a deep breath. Use put spreads to protect your equity portfolio. Don't sell your stocks. Tony. TLT. This is, we've gotten to a top. Sell call credit spreads. All right, great job tonight, guys. Very macro night as well, but it's appropriate. That's it for us. Full coverage of sell-off continues. you got Mad Money with Jim and our special at 7 and a wild week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Take care. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.